Well, we're one week closer to uh, Armageddon on Halloween weekend here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Beast, brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your, get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. I am, of course, Dick Baumgartner with Brandon Quinn, Michigan, Michigan State, 6 and 0. Oh, 6 and 0. Here it comes. It's one happening. More. It is happening. One, weirdly enough, this is still three weeks away, or I guess. Yeah, two, three weeks away, two weeks away, whatever you want to call two, it. But two weekends one, away. One yeah. more to go. One more to go for each team. How are you feeling there? I'm, I <laughs> you, love you every second of it. It is, uh, <laughs> it's great. I, I just think of all of the shitty oh, podcasts yeah. that we have recorded over the years being like, this team is doing this, this team's doing that, so yeah. bad, always... Oh, just everything you know, sucks. Just Everyone's this, like, disappointing everyone all the time. Just a yeah. heavy cloud of negativity, yep. and now it's just like, well, everyone wanted it. This is what it looks yeah. like, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, as the uh, as the token outsider over here, I think it's hilarious. And just watching the anxiety build and build and build <laughs> all along with the fandom and everyone getting yeah. really excited, but like, at the... Each side knows at some point they're going to have to play that game, right? <laughs> and somebody yeah. is going to get crushed. <laughs> somebody's gonna somebody's gonna have a bad day. Yeah, but like I do feel like that. There's like you mentioned that um, there's like a budding. Uh, everyone's freaking out, of course. The anxiety yeah. is rising too. But there is like a uh, you know COVID reset everything for everybody. Yep. I mean, this was like a reset, restart, refresh. For both parties, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Mel Tucker didn't necessarily need one, but he took advantage of it in a way that other coaches would not have. And we've talked about that a bunch. And Colton was, you know, written about it too, like how aggressive they were. Yeah. So, you know, they take advantage of a reset in a way. And then Harbaugh is in a different situation where it's a self-created problem, but you take advantage of it. And here you go. Expectations are low. Why don't you try over-delivering and under-promising for once and see what happens? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> like, I mean... There yeah. you go. Like, it's yeah. not that hard, right? Like, I mean, when we looked at the schedules before the year, it was a far cry or a far... You'd have to really be squinting hard to see, you know, either team getting to this point at 6-0. and But it wasn't... I would note that it wasn't something that you were like, not impossible. I think when we talked about it on the show, we were like, they both teams could get on a little run here in the early portion of the season. And you were going to find out somewhere in games 4, 5, or 6 if you had sort of, you know, the nuts to not flinch in a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And my biggest conclusion on both teams is that both you want to fight with either of these teams are going to fight you for four quarters, and it's it's not going to be fun for you. I wouldn't want to play them. That is right. my biggest takeaway from both teams, and it's like the best compliment I can give any college football team. I would not want to play you. And that is what I would say about both Michigan and Michigan State right now because of how together they are, and I think the staffs both have their fingers on the pulse of the team. And when you're like that, you can overcome. I mean, you saw it with Michigan, Nebraska, let them screw it up. Right. Just play, do your job, let them screw it up. We'll get out of here and have a happy flight home. I mean, when you got that going, and I think Michigan and Michigan state both have that right now with some talent, it's a pretty good mix. I just feel like back then, you know, when we had those like the preseason episodes, there was just so much stuff that has happened. That was impossible to even yeah. consider happening course, right it's always there like was that. A, i'm sure there was a lot of ifs if this if yeah. that if this if that but like under no scenario no we're either of us thinking that like michigan state would turn into this big play offense just throwing the ball all over the goddamn place no. with a heisman candidate at running back and then on the michigan side of things after watching this program in recent years 
to imagine them becoming the the program that has two turnovers in six games with no <laughs> like inflicted like, allowed. Yeah, yeah right. no self-inflicted, you know, battle wounds. Yeah. That's just not I don't even think the thought would have crossed my mind of either of those things happening. It's like for Michigan State, yeah, no, that's the one because there's two things that people talk about a lot with them. Most of it is Walker with, right. you know, Kenneth Walker being better than, and I think that um, Piegler, William Piegler, their running backs coach, talked maybe last week or the week before, and he'd even said, like, he's, maybe it was Jay Johnson, one of the two. He'd even, they even said, like, he was better than we thought he was going to, you know what I mean? Like, we thought he was going to be really good, obviously. That's why we took him. We thought he'd be our starter everything else, but this is a different, like, we did not necessarily expect this gear from him. So that is a different, you know, level on its own right there. I mean, he's a legit Heisman candidate. There's no mm-hmm. other. Le- Nation's leading rusher by about a buck fifty. I want to say. I think he's like 85 away from 1,000 through six games. Just a yeah. dominant. <laughs> I mean, dapping guys on 90-yard <laughs> touchdowns. What the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ, have you ever seen anything like that? No. Unbelievable. No. No. Unbelievable mid-play. <laughs> so you got that going on. But the other thing, too, that hasn't been talked about a lot, there's two parts. The offensive line has gotten better, which has been talked about. Thorne, though, yes. Peyton Thorne, has been outstanding. He's been outstanding. And that we talked about that in the summer, right, where it was like you had this decision between Russo and Thorne. Thorne has to blow you away to win the job. My, now that we look back, I would say he might have because he sees everything. He doesn't make the wrong checks. He can read coverage before, pre-snap, and during. He doesn't miss a lot with his arm. He's, you know, he's loaded in the pocket. He's a really good player. He's not overwhelming in any one area, but he's, like, pretty good to really good in a lot of areas. You know what I mean? So it's, like, really good stuff. And I I think with Thorne, they probably did maybe think that was possible. Walker, he might be giving them more than they thought, which is, you know, they're not going to hate on it, of course. Uh, but so it's been good. Yeah, right off the top. like So you wrote, I thought, an excellent piece coming out of the weekend. I saw more of the Michigan game than I did the Michigan yeah. State game. I was actually went up to Grand Rapids area and played some golf this yeah. weekend. Um, but came off of it, read your piece, and it's really good. It, it's really good because you, you kind of intertwine what is these underlying – you picked moments from those games that I think speak to yeah. the underlying things – that are the reasons that these teams are where they are. And when you got into Thorne, um, you really slowed things down and you kind of pointed out these little oh, yeah. things, his footwork, his his eyes, the, the things that he's doing that is creating and manipulating um, situations where all these weapons are able to explode. Because that's the thing, all these guys can ball out, right? Oh, yeah. But you oh, need to have time. a dude who's get pulling all the yeah. levers um, yeah. And the fact that he's able to do it, you know, while keeping um, the ball in Walker's hands, right, and, yes. and still letting him control the game and kind of be the drum beat, and then also right. feeding both um, Reed and Naylor, mm-hmm. and those two seem totally fine, just trading. Oh yeah, pass, just you know, because everyone everyone gets to eat. That's so hard to do at some point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Thorne is the perfect coach's son quarterback, right? Mm. He's like, he's like, and he is. He's a coach's son. You can tell that he is. That play, he, he, and he does the stuff that, like, you know, I look at it like, um, a, like a race car driver driving through smoke in an accident, right? Like they always tell wow. the, you know what I'm talking about? Like in a in a NASCAR. Yeah, you, yeah. You ever yeah. heard this? There's an accident. There's smoke out there. You're supposed to drive through it. 
right? That's like their thing. You got to get us through kind of the junk that everybody else. So Thorne's job is to finish plays. And in that play that you're talking about where he dodges an oncoming rusher, keeps his feet, stays loaded, has his head up, knows where the ball's going, right? He knows exactly what's happening. He's not freaking out. He understands the coverage. And he can sort of slide out of there, slide back up. It doesn't take him a whole lot of time. It's not a lot of like... There's not a lot that he's doing there. I mean, he's a good athlete, but there's not a lot that he's doing there that's like super, super high-level athleticism. It's all, but it's mental, and it's that like reactionary stuff that a lot of quarterbacks take a long time to get. And he he had some of it last year when we saw it out there, mm-hmm. and it's much, it's in a much better place right now. Like he's a hard guy to tackle. He's a hard guy to get down. He's a hard guy to sack. He gets them in and out of stuff really well. I, there's another one that I clipped in there where. Um, you know, they motion check and the minute he sees the safety come with the, the receiver, he knows it's one-on-one on the outside. And anytime he has one-on-one on the outside with Naylor or Reed, boom, he's going there. And it's been shot, shot after shot after shot because, you know, I don't know why Rutgers thought it could run with Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor and found <laughs> right. out that it can't. And I, <laughs> I think there's some of that happening. And I think that that's going to stop as well. I would also say that. Yeah. I think that as you go farther now, you know, for Michigan State, everyone knows about Kenneth Walker, and everyone's known about Kenneth Walker for a good minute here. Everyone should have known about Jalen Naylor if they didn't already. Right. I think that most people were still sort of sleeping on Reed a little bit, and that is going to stop, I think, now, mm-hmm. because I think you have everyone's attention. So now we're really going to see, I think, and it's going to be really interesting to see Thorne, you know, adjust once they adjust again because he he adjusts to defenses now let's see him adjust again when they readjust right so sure he he's at a really high level like Thorne is at a level now where coaches are adjusting to him after he adjusts and really good quarterback play and you can't can't argue with that you know that's that's six and all the way you know I've got you over here throwing NASCAR metaphors at me over the weekend our friend (laughs) our dear friend Mike Mulholland was on this little golf trip he has he's blasting country music in my face because he's a low key bumpkin, Mike. I don't know if right, people know that. But, yeah, Mike's uh, from Green. Mike's from Greenville. <laughs> he's making me listen to country music. You're you're throwing NASCAR people. Know your audience. I don't know what you're talking about. Go through the smoke. Anyway, you understand it. You understood it. Once I get I it. Talk, once I told I get it. I get it. So Colton made a great point in his write up uh, about yeah, 588 yards of offense. Right. Crazy. Yes. Um, right. What are they? Huge Seven point four yards per play for the season. Yeah, they're putting up thirty seven s- point. They're just a monster, right? But <laughs> at the same time, that Rutgers game, yes, a team that's maybe uh, even a little bit better than Michigan State would have won that game fifty eight or something like that, right? That's like what I'm th- saying. There yeah. was a lot left out there, um, and Colton really kind of got into some specifics, and like that's a thing because you when you get to that Michigan game. There's no, yeah. you know, you might only get three of those opportunities instead of the seven that you had, right? And you right. gotta, you basically gotta capitalize every time to win a game like that. So, what do you think is like not holding them back, right? That'd be silly. But yeah, like, what, no. what what needs to kind of get tweaked or whatever? It's definitely, and that was a good one for them to go through because they did leave a lot out there. It was a, you know, it was important for them to go through one of those games. It's crazy that they're already there, that they're at mm-hmm, the point mm-hmm. where. You're putting up 600 yards of offense, and you're like, "Well, that wasn't our best day because we didn't finish, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, and they didn't." I mean, it wasn't. They can play better. They have played better, but I think that it was a good thing for them to go through because you're a thousand percent right. 
you're not going to have a 75-yard touchdown run every other start to the game, right? You're not going to have, this isn't going to happen all the time. You're not going to have busts like that constantly. Uh, you're not going to see a single high coach all the time just say, stay there all the time and give you this stuff like Shiano did. So people are going to adjust. And for me, it was like Rutgers definitely did adjust to Michigan. They adjusted to Walker just like Nebraska did um, earlier in the year where they kind of you know mm-hmm. penned him in a little mm-hmm. bit. And Walker had to adjust the way he was running, and he did. I mean, Michigan State adjusts some of their calls. Walker adjusts some of some of his discipline, I think, with, hey, follow your stuff a little bit more on this one, and which also allowed him to hit some cutbacks later in the game. So I think they've adjusted with that. Now it's going to be their adjustments, I think, with form. So it'll be, and again, what we said, what are you going to do when they take away your comfort spots? Because now we've seen enough tape on Thorne, 6-0, 14 touchdowns, two TDs. We know what he likes. Right when we know, also he's had some spots where it's been choppy. You know, we we know if you're a defensive coordinator, what you can do to him to rattle him a little bit. So now it's going to be what is Peyton Thorne going to do now that he has everyone's attention? Because I think he has everyone's attention, and I think that that's yeah. As he goes forward here, um, it's yeah. I think teams are going to have to spend a lot more time not just playing vanilla stuff with him because he's going to he's gonna cut you up if you just go out there with basic stuff and he figures it out. Well, then what do they have to... Like, if you are... What's their next game? They're at Indiana this week, right? Well, that's a good test because that's a good team, right? Or a mm-hmm. good coaching staff, anyway. Mm-hmm. And you would say that... Is their quarterback you know, still ex- out? I don't know if Penix is still out or not. I should have looked that up before. He's been hurt off and on all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a horrible year for them, of course. Yeah, nothing like, has gone as planned there. But this is not the time that you want to see them, right? No, because not on the road. No, not on the no. road. Tom <laughs> Allen is like the guy who thrives on this crap, where it's like, now we're back in the grass. Right. Slytherin as a... Yeah, this yeah, is... Hey, now this is Indiana yeah, football, right? right? Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State's the big dog rolling into town now, undefeated, top 10 team. Uh-huh. And here's little Tom Allen coming back. <laughs> We've got to fight through these injuries and punch him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to play discipline. You're going to have to play discipline. Tom Allen is a really good defensive coach. He has a really good defensive staff and a good staff in general. They have a good staff. Overall, they've had some tough stuff this year happen, and maybe a little bit of other things have come back to level, but it's still a good team, and it's one for Michigan State where I think we're going to get a good answer here of how are you going to adjust to a defense that is probably going to have a little bit more for you than maybe right. we've seen you have to face this year. That was probably the best. Let's see here. They've beaten – we go back all the way through. Miami was a disaster defensively. Northwestern isn't good. Um, Youngstown, no. I'm just going through the schedule. Nebraska's got some guys that can do some things to you, and he had some issues in that game. So there's blueprints. So it's, it has been perfect. Uh, we'll see how it goes from here, but good start so far. Per the Daily Hoosier, this is writer Mike Schumann, says yeah. Jack Tuttle might be the starting quarterback here. Jack Tuttle's not a bad player. And uh, Penix is, uh, I think he's still... He's not Penix, though. Yeah, yeah, he's not Penix, exactly. But I to your point, man, man like... Injury problems there. How many times have you seen just, like, good team... It's just, you know, it's where yeah. where good seasons go to die. This is a hard game. You know, when, Mich- exactly. when Mich- Michigan would have trouble with this, when they would have, um, like, a nice team, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd be coming along, coming along, they'd run into Indiana, and Indiana would be kind of, like, coming from up underneath. And when they're like that, Allen's a hard team. He's a hard guy to play against because they'll bring it. They'll hit with you. You're not going to – I don't think Michigan State will be able to walk in there and just thump through the game like they have in some of these other ones because they've – I think they've surprised people with their physicality, Michigan State. I mean, they've been physical wire-to-wire all season. Tough, like I said earlier, tough team to play. 
take that on the road and, and prove to yourself, like, this is a good one for, for Michigan State, too. To big, big, nice test going into a bye, which would take you into, you know, yeah. uh, Armageddon. I mean, for all the talk of the offense, I feel like this is a game, especially if they have a backup quarterback and might be a little prone right. to maybe getting, you know, making mistakes if pressure comes. The defensive line, you know, which you've been pumping up. I know you love uh, Jacob yeah. Slade, right? Um, yeah. The whole, yeah. all of them. Like, they're you swallow all, that guy up, you know. Maybe you don't need yeah. to put up six hundred yards to win. <laughs> and this is where this is where you you lean on your best stuff. And, and fortunately for Michigan State, they have it. You know, they have good stuff on this team. You lean on the thing that they have to take away, which you have a weapon on offense that they have to take away, which is Walker. And when you're focused on that, Thorne can cut you up if you're not mm-hmm. being careful. But defensively, yes, up the middle. People don't have t- they don't have depth like this in college football. You don't see it a lot. It's Slade, Simeon Barrow. Um, now, of course, uh, Hanson, Maverick Hanson, uh, Deshaun Mallory, and Jalen Hunt. So you got five guys. All five of those guys are talented enough to start on most Big Ten teams, I would say. Um, and so you got five starters playing defensive tackle, which is one of the premium spots in college football. I don't know how Mark D'Antonio, because these are all D'Antonio guys, I don't know how he kept finding all these defensive tackles, but he did. Tucker might want to get him on uh, speed, whatever, rock or something. He's still he, around. Uh, he's still around. He's, he yeah, kick those making, tires when he needs them. He's making the tour every Saturday, going to see yeah. somebody's. But they have really good players right at the line of scrimmage, right in your face. So right. they're hard to they're hard to run against. Their linebackers can be a little shaky, but the other thing I love about Michigan State's defense is... Well, it's two parts now. You've got Xavier Henderson, who's one of the best back-end players in the Big Ten. They've got Angelo Gross, who's a 5'9", probably 5'8", safety, who came in here as a corner. They, they moved to safety. You would love this guy. He plays with the cast. <laughs> and uh, I think he's the guy that what's, Tucker calls him uh, the sugar badger. It's a, They compare him to Teren Matthew. for uh, Remember the honey badger? I do. So they have a honey badger. Michigan yeah. State has a honey badger uh, on its team now, which is... Uh, and he's a really good one too. He's a really good, another D'Antonio. Is now so LS, is LSU going to now replace Rutgers <laughs> as coming after Michigan State for copyright infringements? What if well, I'm not even going to go there because LSU <laughs> might be firing its coach? Oh boy, you're are you bringing up? What are you saying here? Well, LSU the honey badger thing—that's an LSU oh, yeah. thing, oh, you know. Okay, Michigan okay. State took that. <laughs> I thought, they already took, uh, you know, what was it? Chopping wood or whatever went, the hell it was yeah, from the, idiot uh, Rutgers. Keep <laughs> I, went, I went to the uh, LSU is probably going to have to fire Ed Orgeron here pretty soon and going to be needing a new head coach. And I thought you were talking when Nick oh, Saban left. I was going to say, Nick, it has been <laughs> it's been a rough week for idiot meathead it has football been. guys, man. Well, it's about time. How about that? <laughs> how about that? Can we say how about that? Is that okay? It's been a rough I week for so. meathead football coaches. I think so. I'm shocked that yeah. John Gruden is not a good dude. I mean, can you who believe it? Who could have seen that coming? My God, what a nightmare. But hey, around here, with the three teams that we have to watch, you've got three staffs that are in tune with their uh, in tune with their roster right now. Right now. The Lions, we'll see. Including the Lions. Mm-hmm. Including the Lions, I mm-hmm. would say. So, um, been a breath of fresh air, I'd say, around here. We're used to the bad stuff, football-wise, so it's been good that we haven't had... Uh, well, the Lions are on five, but like I mean, you know, they're god that. awful, man. <laughs> they are god other than awful. that. And the Eagles are the Eagles are ready, licking oh their lips, god. getting ready to come here to town. Go get that. It'll probably be their third win of the season. I assume they'll lose the next two weeks. Yeah, uh, but nice win over the Panthers. Uh, Michigan State on its way 
Uh, yes, nice one over the Panthers for the mm-hmm. Eagles, and mm-hmm. we'll see about all that. But Michigan State on its way in a really good place. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly didn't expect this coming into the year, uh, and I think we yeah, you know, no you shit. Look back, you look, well, right, you look back <laughs> to what the talking points were, and it was like, you know, are you going to be able to get all these guys to pull in the same direction? Right. And I just like somebody I think did ask Tucker yesterday about um, has any other coach like reached out to you about what you did in the portal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and I used to, it was like, no, I mean, no. And I think that the reason why he said no, because like there isn't really one answer is like Michigan state went to the portal and found a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what happened. They went to the transfer portal and found a Heisman candidate. So Mel Tucker's advice to someone calling would be like, why don't you go find a Heisman <laughs> trophy winner in the portal? Goodbye. And like, I mean, they up, they didn't just do that. They upgraded a corner. They upgraded without reservation at every, obviously, spot. And there was a plan there, but, like, that was – I had a laugh at that. But how about Wake Forest <laughs> loses a guy a, who goes oh. on to become a Heisman candidate, and they're still undefeated. I see. What the hell's going on? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I see that Graham, uh, Graham Couch keeps railing on Wake Forest every time uh, Kenny Cutback runs an 80-yard touchdown <laughs> run in, which is like every other play at this point, so – that's a joke that Graham has gotten a lot of mileage out of. Like, how the hell could someone not find a way to get this guy? Like, I don't care how many games you win. How did this guy not like have more touches for you? I don't get it either. But, before uh, yeah, before we move stuff. on to Michigan, we have to give our amazing listeners a big shout. Yeah. So sure. last week, I was like, hey, the top we'll get some uh, reviews. The top uh, reviews on our iTunes. The first ones you see if you check it are not great. Like. Yeah, right. <laughs> we need some help here. We got to get you know get those assholes out of there. Bump them all the way down the the In line. The front door here, and and you folks responded, uh, amazing. I appreciate it. I'll, you want me to read a couple, Nick? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see. All right, uh, Halichi says it's the ha- we are hands down the best Michigan and men's yeah. basketball podcast. How about that? Hands we have down. great rapport. Well, I've How been told. <laughs> I've been called other things. No, I'm just <laughs> How about uh, that? Yeah, that's right. Pretty good. Uh, we provide a great insight into both UM and MSU while being fair and balanced. There you go. Leave the that's swearing. The Makes it authentic. That's from... Yeah, leave the swearing. Because I saw somebody in there said too... Somebody said too much swearing, which I would yeah. tell you. It's 2021, <laughs> sir. Let's everyone uh, grow up. Uh, yeah, right. this, the Sun Gun is a longtime listener back to our M Live days. Uh, we don't take oh, ourselves yeah. too seriously. That is very fair to say. That's a note from Berlin. Uh, yeah. We appreciate that, reader. Uh, great information, entertaining from Matt Moyer. Yeah, you guys were uh, were awesome. We appreciated the best. all the kind words. Let's see if there's anything else. Uh, yeah, um, they're all glowing, and I feel a little ridiculous <laughs> reading all of these. But I sent them to you the other night. I was. I, I didn't expect it to be the outpouring. Like, it's one after another after another. Yeah, it's really are, nice. Um, I sent, I, I sent you a heads up, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, we often complain a lot about, uh, you know, certain <laughs> aspects of our lives. But uh, these <laughs> these people really appreciate it. So we, uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone yeah, totally. uh, for leaving those those kind words. And, uh, yeah, all in it together, guys So and gals. So, yeah, here we go. All right, on to Michigan. Enough of the mushy stuff. <laughs> On to Michigan. Oh, I do like Manny Fresher says, if you're a fan of A-10 basketball and pro wrestling, this hey, is the podcast for you. You found it. There's the, there's the, the weird, the one place it crosses. 
There it is. If you are that person, this is your podcast, I would say. Yes, on to Michigan. Impressive mm-hmm. impressive win for contextual reasons that go beyond the opponent, right? Like, we talked about this last week. Nebraska was, and you saw the crowd. Jesus. And you saw, and you saw what the announcers were saying before the game, that this was the most important game of Scott Frost's tenure. This was, yeah. and, and I think that Frost was correct in saying that this is the closest team we have we've had here in the lines that you know can be a reasonable Big Ten you know competitive team. Mm-hmm. I watched him play Michigan State a couple weeks ago and I rewatched every snap on there and he's not wrong because this is the best Nebraska has been in the trenches, but it is still Nebraska. Yeah. So I mean like it was a good test for Michigan, especially offensively you know, you have to be encouraged by the way they responded to the defense having some problems in the second half. Um, but just a poised win. And, you know, McNamara said it after the game on the field. Uh, and he was like, sorry if this offends anyone. I don't care. We would have lost this game in other years. It was, a great, an- it was a great answer a by, a, right. by a leader. thousand percent right. That an, that answer to me, that's when I was because you know there are still put it throws on a shirt. That's two answers he's had now. Put it on a shirt. There are there are still throws that he makes right where you kind of just like, God yeah, damn, the other dude would have the, the other one would have <laughs> made that one, you know. But then you see him in that moment, mm-hmm. right? And you see him in the field and yep. you, the winning plays that he makes down the stretch. That that answer at the end uh, to me, I know it's kind of this narrative yeah. driven shit, but any but like I'm like that's Not why wrong. that's why. That's why he's the guy, because he gets it, you know. He said this and team, you know he he's said, saying yeah. that shit in the huddle too. You know right. he's saying that, like guys, we lose this game last year, but not this year, right? And yeah. and and they hear him and they're responding to him. So shit, man, that team was down thirteen nothing. They were down nineteen seven in that game, and it looked like up in smoke, right? Yeah, it, it, it's this thing is going to be this is going to be another team that wins eight games, and we're going to have the same questions about Harbaugh. It was just going to run it back, same thing, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and they Couldn't did finish. It. They found a way, yeah. and that's that makes this group different right now. You know, we'll see what happens. It's October twelfth, but right now <laughs> this team is different. It's different because it's together. It's a team that's helped each other, and I think that what was what was neat about this one for Michigan was this was one where the offense picked up the defense. And if you go back, right, you know, two weeks ago in that Rutgers game at home. The offense sputtered, and the defense picked them up. And it was the inverse here. And when you have a team that can do that, you have a pretty good team. And again, I say, like, they're just very together. And I think it certainly does help to have a quarterback who puts winning above everything. You know, they took him out of the game for a McCarthy read on their last scoring drive. And he's not – nothing changes. He doesn't care. He's not blinking. Name another situation (laughs) – did, when Spencer Rattler got pulled out of the Oklahoma-Texas game, w- would they have reasonably been able to bring him back in, or was right. he lost for the game? Right. Right? Like, it's a different scenario, and I think he, And you nailed it. Like, McNamara, there's something there where it's like he's an all-business type of guy um, who's very serious about work, and their leaders are like that. Like, that's... Vistardis is like that. Hutchinson is like that. Um, Josh Ross is like that. Those are... Your team takes on your your leaders, and I think that that's sort of what you have here. And um, yeah, it's a grinder of a win that they would have absolutely lost last year. Probably would have lost in 2019. Might have lost in 2018. Probably on the road for sure. Right. Certainly, certainly in 2017. You know, you get the picture. So I thought that was impressive. I want you to kind of take readers through um, 
like your eyes, how you saw that fourth quarter sequence that that you ended up writing about. Um, particularly, you, you pointed out uh, what Vastardis did on that the one snap. Did I pronounce his name correctly? Vastardis, yeah, 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 v, yeah. with a V, yeah, with um, the one where he drew him off sides. Yeah, you called it a win for the center, <laughs> which is a sentence that I don't think I've ever seen written. So, okay, yeah, that's a so good take, one to talk take about. Take us through that. So that is the third time I think he's done that this year, um, which all that's happening there, and it's really simple, is he has been given, as far as I can tell, he has been given sort of freedom by the staff to just be like, if somebody jumps and you see it, snap the ball, start the play. Mm-hmm. If they're in the, if you can catch them, because the rule is if you can catch them in the neutral zone, which is that, you know, right, r- right, ball, right. if you can catch their hand in there and snap it, false start, free play. This has happened three times. Five yards, five yards, five yards. I joked on Twitter that Vistardis now has 15 rushing yards on this it's Three times, and it's it's not just that. It's three first downs, basically, because you're cutting first and ten to first and five, which is like, if you're a defensive coordinator to first and five, you're like, I quit. We can't. There's nothing. There's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand things they could do here, right? Like, these are plays that they're making this year, and that is one, you know, one example, but it's one that keeps coming up, um, that keeps showing their kind of collective IQ. And that's one guy who's a really smart player, but he's also their center. Mm-hmm. He's their leader. He's like the most vet. He's a sixth-year senior, I think. He's one of these like super seniors. They call him Gramps, right? One of right. these type of right. guys. But he's like, he's driving the bus, and he's making sure he's right there with McNamara, making sure that this thing isn't going to fall off track. I've got you. We're not going to screw this up. We're not going to miss opportunities. We're not going to just leave stuff on the field and just be a sloppy-ass team. As long as I'm out here, that's not going to happen. And they have a center and a quarterback who both do that, and I think that's important, Uh, especially the center. My God. Like, if you have a center who knows what he's doing in college football, it erases a lot of problems in a lot of other places. Yeah, and that speaks to that. That speaks to, right, what's – they just – they don't make mistakes. They – they Tiny, it, and they take advantage between, of your mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was going to be the second point they, there. And that was the big thing in that game, I thought, in the fourth quarter. It was you make them take the long way. And when I say you make them take the long way, you don't gift them stuff. You don't just give them. If you want to beat us here in a one-possession game, you are going to have to go 11 plays and 75 yards and score a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what you you want them to have to do the full you know thing to beat you. They're a sloppy team. You know they're a sloppy team. They're an emotional team in that situation. There's another thing to, to talk about. The last drive of the game, when Nebraska goes out there and they get that fumble that people were like, they should have blown it dead. Fair enough, whatever. Maybe they should have blown it dead. I don't know. Nebraska's a team that turns the ball over all the damn time. We mm-hmm. all know this, right? Michigan goes out there for the, the first play of that last drive, and there's like a little dump or something off into the wing, and Vincent Gray, the corner, is just like on the football. He is ripping at the ball as this guy goes to the ground. Like the, the running back is like, you know, like, get off me. What's going on here? So they've clearly been told on the sideline, go get the ball. These guys are sloppy as shit with it. Go get the ball. Next play, Martinez gets into a scrum, and instead of going to the ground like a like a disciplined player would, uh-huh. he keeps pushing the pile, and Brad Hawkins, boop, another 60-year-old fan, mm-hmm. comes in, pops it out, game over. Like, Michigan didn't used to do that in previous, you know, iterations or whatever. They were the team that would... Miss that opportunity completely, not try to go get the ball in that situation, not rip at it, not understand, not have a center who can snap. You know what I mean? It's the exactly. It's the aggregation of all the tiny little stuff 
they're doing all the tiny little stuff, and it's mm-hmm. all adding up to a team that is really hard to play against. And that is that's Michigan, and that is Michigan football at Jim Harbaugh's best. Really right. hard to play against. His best teams have been that right there, the ones that you don't get freebies when you play them. If and you do, they're going to punch you so fucking hard that it's not yeah. going to matter. Like, and you, you can know, you can see it yeah. in Harbaugh's face. Right. That he likes coaching so. this team, right? I mean, he is. I, I'm not saying that in the past years he was ever less into it or anything like well, that. Sure. But you could see there were times in these games where he would just be like, "What? Fuck!" Right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. like other than his first year, to me at least, it's kind of yeah. you know observing like that first year's team. He looked like he was ready to run through walls in games. You know, he was just so well, he loved dialed them. up. They got right? him. And this yeah. year's team, like you see that again, like he is. He's yeah. bringing that uh, that approach, you know. After that game, he looked like he was ready to start oh. ripping grass out of the ground, and start eating it, you know. Like he's just so tuned up. Uh, he's giving Daxton Hill the jumping high five. Yes, there, I yes. he was running off the field. Yeah, like, I mean it's oh, it's got to yeah. be hard when you put in a lot of work yeah. and then you screw things up to lose games, right? You don't get beat, right? It's right? Just like. But it's like, especially when you get beat by those like flinching things, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that drives these guys nuts. Uh, that's the thing that these coaches can't live with, where they're just like, and that's why this team, I think, you know, has a, has the right mix. You credit Harbaugh for being more open this year to other things and other ideas and mm-hmm. other ways of doing business. But it's still Jim Harbaugh, and this team gets Jim Harbaugh. I think they get each other. I think that his best teams get each other. Harbaugh loves to practice. That's like his favorite right. goddamn thing to do is go have – if he can have a 30-hour football practice, he would go do it. When you talk to the Michigan players that come out, that's how they talk. Like that's – like the Stardusts and these guys are like, we love to go hang out at practice, be together at practice, and talk about football. That's like our favorite – that's our hobby anyway. Right. So that's what we like to do. And like that's that's Harbaugh. That's like his whole thing. He's When he's had guys here that are older who are like that, they're always better for it. And, you know, you have a bunch of them on this team that are like that. Hutchinson, Jesus, like that guy. Did you see the thing he said like two weeks ago? Harbaugh was talking about Hutchinson and he said, he was like, I still remember the day. It was January or whatever. And Hutchinson walks into the weight room because he'd missed the year previously with the yeah. injury. Yeah. And he tells, he looked at all the strength staff and was like, every day I come in here, you are to ring me out. Every single day for the rest of the year. I want every single thing that you have. Like, that's what my scholarship covers. That's what you're going to give me. And they just kicked his ass all year long. And he's like a, a mutant out there. At this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just ridiculous. And so when you see those type of people leading your team. Uh-huh. And it clicks a couple times and you get some wins. Like, buddy, it that's football. And it you can do a lot of things with a lot less talent when you have a team like that. And Michigan and Michigan State, I think, have the makings of that. We'll see if they can finish it, but, you know, yeah. it's been uh, it's been fun to watch it from both well, sides. I like the fact that these next two weeks, each each group gets their own stage, right? Because one, you know, one plays yeah. this weekend and the other's on by. Yeah. And, then, and then the reverse uh, the following weekend. So we get to kind of each team on their own to finish up undefeated going into the rivalry game is a very – interesting dynamic in this whole thing yeah i don't i don't know has this happened i'm I sure it's happened. i have no idea but as top 10 teams i'm, I'm sure someone's already found that out so sure. already know this stat but like <laughs> um but i think it's interesting and it's also i want to talk to you about this too like i don't i don't sense and i i do see people 
getting into some fights, and maybe it's just because I ignore most of it or have muted most of those people right, right. or blocked them over the years. Um, but I don't see a lot of, like... I see a little more respect happening here, hmm. maybe. Do you say... Am I wrong? Well, Are you, I'll uh, tell you what. I, in the comments section of your story, right, which is a Michigan mm-hmm. and Michigan State story, which is usually... That's just a toxic wasteland, potentially, you know, for... Right. For every lunatic to take a shot right at the other school. But, um... No, I think it's very much like everyone's kind of agreeable. Like, this is cool. This is cool, this is cool. for both teams this to be different. good. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Like, and that's how different. it's always been in basketball, to me, at least. Like, has, yeah. has, has each school talked shit? Yes. But I feel like when I since I got here in 13 and both teams were, like, basically at the top, right? You yeah. know, there's been some dips and valleys, whatever. But everyone appreciates the fact when the games matter. Right, you know, they matter, beating, they beating a matter shitty for, version of like, your of your rival really doesn't. Is that doesn't do fun for anybody? Right, right. There's never a there's never a moment in this rivalry where the other side isn't without excuse. Where like yeah. the, the losing side isn't as, without like some as someone whose uh, alma mater has been getting yeah. murdered by Villanova for the last decade. <laughs> uh, it's not fun. <laughs> so like, this has been cool. I will say, and I would say that they're. It's two good teams mm-hmm. who are good teams independently of one another. Right. Nothing has overbled over. They don't spend any time neither side. Mel Tucker could give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's busy, you know, obviously he's going to recruit against them, but he's not going to get into petty squabbling stupid whatever and Harbaugh will if you <laughs> as we've seen if you egg him on, mm-hmm. but if you don't sort of participate generally, he Leaves that alone, too. And I, we haven't really talked a lot about Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh, because, you know, there really hasn't been a Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh thing. They, COVID no. happened. They haven't had any opportunities no. really to be That's a good point. in the same area as each other. But I would say this, and we'll hear more about it when they get asked about it in a couple of weeks. There's no way that both guys don't, like, overwhelmingly respect the other. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. way. I bet you Jim Harbaugh thinks Mel Tucker is an awesome Coach, and I bet you when they hired him, he was like, oh shit, that's a good fucking hire. <laughs> because, like, Mel Tucker has been everywhere. Like, he's, yeah. we talked about this so many times. He's been all over the place, just waiting for a chance to get a job, you know, a chance to do something like this, and it's taken off for him. I promise you, there's a lot of respect there. And there was between Harbaugh and D'Antonio, too. I just don't think they understood each other at all on any and, personal level. And that's And because there was, like, because, of their, coaches, pers- yeah. because of their personalities and things like that, it did feel like those rivalry games were often billed as yeah. Harbaugh versus D'Antonio. This right. game is going to feel like, you know, barring anything stupid happening the week before or, you know, in, in the finals. Yeah, right. This game, I think, will be Michigan versus Michigan State. Michigan State good versus team Michigan. Versus good team. Exactly. Yeah, right. Good teams insane atmosphere. I mean, it is yeah. just going to be if 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 neither of these teams, you know, shit the bed. You didn't but I go to the 15 game, the punt game. No, I was at my that, dad's goddamn You were at your dad's all of, some he was inducted into something and I had to fly in. So I'm at I'm at game. this banquet when it happened and my phone yeah. exploded <laughs> off of the table like 5 minutes before I was supposed to you're get like up Jordan and like Poole give some the, little speech or some shit. Right, right. You're like you're like Jordan Poole in Wichita there. <laughs> but no, like that was one and everybody forgets it because of the last play. Yeah. But I think both teams, I think they were both top 15 teams. They were both good. Yeah. They were both like good, tough, tough, physical 
hard at that was a fun football game to watch. Yeah. Like if people don't remember, but the atmosphere in the building that day was very similar to what I know from when Michigan and Ohio State play when they're good. It was good on good. Or when Michigan and Michigan State play in hoops when mm-hmm. they're both good. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. And everyone remembers the last play, but that was, I think, and Michigan State, I think, was ranked higher than Michigan that day. And they went to the playoff that year. They were a really good team. So that was our first kind of taste, and we sort of forgot about it, of what this could be like if both teams are actually good. And I think that the fact that they both sort of found ways to get to 6-0 and and really haven't crossed paths or, and everything, you know what I mean? Like, there just mm-hmm. hasn't been anything that – there's been a couple of recruiting battles here and there. Um, sort, of, sort of shows people that maybe – both can be in whatever college football turns into as we go forward here. Maybe both can be somewhat sustainable, and maybe right. this can be something that we see more more often. I don't know, but I think that there's been a little taste of that. And um, with that comes a little respect. I mean, it's different when you play a rivalry game and both teams can go. Mm-hmm. It just is. Like, when both teams are at an even level and you hash it out and you go, I mean, it's it's first of all, it's the best kind yes. of rivalry game because it's like one of the most amazing, you know, everybody just empties the tank. But when it's over... And everyone else watches it. Yeah, everyone Everyone around the country sees, oh man, you know... Everyone's jealous of it. Top 10 game, I'm going to watch it. Rivalry, that's great. You know, know, Joe Blow in Texas has to watch that game. SEC fans have to watch that game. Right. Yeah, and when it's over, you tip your hat and you say, that's how we do it up here and you go home. Like, that's what... That's the kind of stuff that I've always thought when when you've talked about Izzo wanting the Michigan-Michigan State basketball Mm -hmm. to get to to where it is, frankly, now. uh, That's where... That's that. It's... Hey, both te- we don't like each other, but we're both two of the best to do it. And when we go at it, we know we're going to get a good one. And when it's over with, we're going to be able to look at the other one and shake his hand and go home. Like right. it's going to be, and we'll see you the next time. And it's going to be the same exact thing. Like that's what you want. Maybe that's possible here. I don't know. We got a long way to go, but I think that it's like it never felt like that with the previous. Sure. It was like the other side is going to kill the other one. <laughs> it's it's more about killing them than it is winning here. You know, like you had those vibes. Way too much sometimes, and I don't get any of that now. These are two teams that are focused on themselves, and that's how it should mm-hmm. be. Uh, here's a point I thought of yesterday that I just planting the seed because I think it's an interesting thing that that uh, yeah could end up showing itself. Um, that that Penn State Iowa game, right? Mm-hmm. You see, Penn State has Fuck zero qu- zero quarterback depth. Right, they are winning that game. In an insane man. atmosphere, their guy Kevin goes Scott. down, Clifford goes down, right? They yeah. put in this quarterback who in no way possible was ready for that game. Right. The Robinson kid, right? And like... Oh, I had I, no idea what he was walking I, you know, I'm not trying to talk <laughs> shit on this guy. It's not... His, the thing is, it's not no. his fault. It was James Franklin's fault. Because that roster is so... I was reading this thing Audrey Snyder did. Um, yeah. Her like Audrey's look great. back on the game. Yeah. She really gets into it. And it's really, really interesting because she kind of unpacks the recruiting mistakes and transfers oh, yeah. and oh, lack of retention. Oh, yeah, that's what we like that, to see. Yes, that have led to this roster situation. Damn where, like, right. Penn State, a good team, was totally vulnerable in that moment, and they lost their quarterback, and it happened, right? It's the thing they yeah. couldn't afford to let happen, happened, and they lost the game. And I'm sitting there, and, you know, that same day, watch Texas A&M, Alabama. Texas yeah. A&M with a backup quarterback. That Calzada kid is goddamn amazing. Unbelievable, right? Dan Campbell's going to have him over for beers when the season ends. He, he goes <laughs> and wins the game, you know? And I'm sitting there, I'm th- and I'm thinking about Michigan, Michigan State, and 
Like, yeah. that is an amazing luxury to have. That that both of these <laughs> right. places, like, if something bad happens, say if it's in yeah. a rivalry game, say it's against Penn State, say it's in the Ohio State games, whatever. Like, having a guy that you're going to put out there in that crucial spot who's not just going to be absolutely Grabbing his pants. overwhelmed. Like, yeah. That's it. It's huge, man. That is it's, huge. It's 90% <laughs> of college quarterback play. Or mm-hmm. 95, probably. Like, you can't panic. If you are a panicked person at all, which yeah. most of us are, you can't do it. <laughs> you just can't play the position. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Not not efficiently enough, not to the level that you're going to be needed to do, not for a full season. Like, that's why it's so yeah. hard. And... These guys, and it's the thing that, you know, Harbaugh's talked about this a bunch over the years, and other coaches have too, where they get so pissed when somebody says game manager, you know, like, we just yeah, want yeah, the game yeah, manager yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What? And, and he'll be like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Game yeah. manager. Do you have any idea how hard that is? Do you have any <laughs> idea how hard it is to measure a football game? To cut yeah. up and play and prepare for every single situation that you're going to see in a four-second window? <laughs> like, it's crazy. So, like, what? Yes, that's what you want. You have to have that. Like, look at great example. You mentioned LSU earlier. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, LSU had a bunch of talent on that team that won the national title, and they still do have a bunch of talent. But what they had is Joe Burrow, a not give a shit quarterback, who was like, I'm going to have a cigarette in the pocket because there's nothing you're going to do that impacts me. There's nothing you're going to do that affects me. I'm going to run this play yes. exactly how it's yes. drawn. And my heart rate is going to be at 44 the entire time. And I'm going to put this ball in a window 40 yards 100%. downfield. Yeah. That's how Connor Cook played. And mm-hmm. people were always like, Connor Cook, he's so weird. Yeah, it probably was weird because he had like no pulse. He would go out there and just be like, whatever, let's go. <laughs> that's what you have to be. Like, that's what yeah. you have to have more than anything else. Why did Spencer Rattler get benched? Because he couldn't stop panicking on the field. He's the most talented player in the building. Yeah. But you couldn't play him for one more snap because he was freaking out. And so, yeah, when you see these guys, and you, I'm glad that that clicked for you because you saw it earlier with McNamara. It's like, mm-hmm. that's why he is the starter. And that's why he's, if nothing else, that's why he's a very large part of their offense. I think that's really what I would say. Like, McCar- McCarthy is also part of their offense. McNamara mm-hmm. is the biggest part and a bigger one than McCarthy is. But, like, that's why he's there and McCarthy's where he's at because I don't think that you have the same thing in reverse. Not right. yet, anyway. And right. Maybe you do in time, but not yet. But it's these, it's these things, you know, when there are there's scenarios where when you want to sit and think of like, okay, how could this year get knocked off the off the rails right. for either place, right? And it's the obvious, okay, the quarterback goes down. Well, you know, Michigan's got a pretty goddamn good backup quarterback. Michigan State's got a guy. Least, yeah, Michigan State's fighting. got a guy who did yeah. it, right? He's done it. Right. He's been yeah, out right. there. He's played. Um, right. Yeah, because you, you look at Indiana, right. Indiana got knocked yeah. off the rails. It loses its quarterback. Penn State, God knows what's going to happen, you know, there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meanwhile, Iowa's still just kicking right along. This place, are you shitting me? Have you I seen their I, remaining I, schedule? Yeah, I've seen it. It's, a, <laughs> it's hilarious and amazing. Like, they're not going to lose. <laughs> and it's going to be the same thing. But you know what? Like, they're going to – it's the same thing that happened that one year when they um, – they don't have as good a quarterback, though. That They had mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard that year, and he was a pretty good player. He's an NFL yeah. backup. Uh, no offense to Mr. Petrus, Petrus, however you say his name. I don't sure. think he's an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say probably not. So mm-hmm. um, they'll probably for get th- that Big Ten championship game and screw something up, though. <laughs> I bet for somebody. <laughs> for, the, for the people at home. I wouldn't want to play him. I wouldn't. Want I was. I was remaining schedule is Purdue at home, at Wisconsin, I mean, 
at Northwestern, home against Minnesota, home against Illinois, at Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, probably win. I mean, there's a couple they could lose in there. Well, they, yeah, they not with, with their defense, though. I mean, no, well, who, who all yeah, these no. teams are scoring on that? Iowa is the greatest example of what I just said, like earlier about when we were talking about Michigan being the team that makes you go the long way and like makes you play perfect. Yeah, Iowa is that on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's they are like Wisconsin basketball when Wisconsin basketball has got it when they're yeah. good. Yeah, when it's like not all the way, all the way. But like good enough, right? They're like they're like the Bruzewitz teams when mm-hmm. uh, they had that mm-hmm. guy with the red hair. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you guys don't really have anyone that's like an NBA player here. But oh my god, you're just like impossible to play against, and this is so hard. Right? Uh, yeah, Your stadium is just a snake pit. It's just impossible right. to right. play in there. My god, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, no lead is safe. Like right. that's the other thing. I've seen so many teams go there and they get up twenty-one nothing, and it's like how. Two hours later, like, oh, they lost 28 20. <laughs> Like, of course they did. <laughs> yeah. Those people are rabid out there, man. I've never oh, been to yeah. a football game, but when, when Iowa basketball is oh, cooking the best. and it's you get a game places, at yeah. Carver-Hawkeye, because like, if you've never been there, it's built, there in, too. It's yeah. built into the ground. Place. So, like, when you see the building from outside, it looks like a one-story building. And you walk in there, and there's, like, a weird energy. You're like, Jesus, yeah. Mary. Like, these people... <laughs> You know, and they're in their seats 15 minutes before the game and all that, and they're just sitting there just foaming at the mouth, eating ice cream, and it's 10 degrees outside. You're like, what the <laughs> hell is this place? <laughs> they love everything. They also watch wrestling. They, yeah, they will they sell do. out Carver, Carver yeah. for, uh, like, wrestling meets and shit. Like, everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing that always fascinates me about Iowa is football, they're, like, the most fascinating football fan base anywhere. Like, hmm. because they hold the staff somewhat accountable to things in terms of like performance but they also give them a lot of like logical passes where it's like well sure. you know whatever like move on like we're not going to blow it up you the know set, the seven win season here. doesn't mean you have to fire yeah, like, everybody right right but they but and i guess they do that with basketball but i feel like i i feel like i hear more griping from iowa fans during basket basketball than i do football well, which always I mean, makes me wonder which do they like love more, and I don't. Well, Ferentz has been to the playoff, I, right? No, he's won the Big Ten. He's, won the he's Big been Ten. the Rose Bowl. Been no, the he's Rose won the Big Ten West. They've never made the, the playoff. I don't think so. Oh, because okay. they lost to Michigan State on that Cody Keeler game we watched oh, in right. his basement that one time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so they lost that game. They were undefeated that day because Fran hasn't that done was, dick in. No, March. I think that's. But I think that season probably helped. Parents a lot, but I and I think over time Iowa football fans probably have just seen other schools go through the constant restarts. But I'm always fascinated by Iowa fans. They're like they're usually really smart. Any Iowa, they know the game really well, um, and they just like Scott Doctorman says that they're the most self aware program in terms hmm. of like football expectations and like what we can do and what we can't do. And I always think that's like perfect. Like that's such a that's how I, you know what I mean? Like, right. they have their own problems. They have things they've got to work on like everybody else. But, like, they do not try to do shit that they cannot do. Like, and that is, like, so, oh, my God. That is such a important thing that gets lost in everything today. They do not try to do shit that they are not capable I, of fucking doing. It's pretty good. And, buddy, if you can pull that off in life, you'll be okay. If yeah. You st- because that's such a big, important thing. 
that we don't talk about enough. But yeah, anyway, we're on a tangent. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they do with Fran. I mean, he's been there eleven years. He's been to the yeah. tournament six times. Well, he would have been six times the pandemic year they lost. I that. think that's not bad. But I mean, yeah, he's so he's a bunch. But. Six tournaments in eleven years, but he's never made it past the second round. Right, but what are you recruiting? You know, so I don't know. I mean, but like Iowa has had success, so like they know what it looks like. You Fran is really this. testing my theory of you never get rid of a coach who makes the NCAA tournament every year. Because if you keep going oh, to the tournament, yeah. eventually the bracket falls your way and you make a run. If you can yeah. go to the tournament every year, don't fire that guy. You know? I agree with that. I agree with that. It's so fucking hard to get it's back if so you've lost hard. that. Right. Like, right. I mean, if you've lost it, it's so hard to get back. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I agree with that. But you're right. Like, it's the old Bruce Weber thing, probably, right? Like, that Illinois. Yeah. Remember yeah. that time that. Oh, my God. I remember when they fired him in Izzo. I was, that was at insane. that Big Ten. I was there, and he talked about that for like forty minutes after they beat someone's ass, <laughs> like or whatever. And I was like, "What is going on?" But you, and he was not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I remember him saying something like, "He was like, this is a pretty hard slope to be going down, folks. Like, right. we are now firing guys who have, you know, who are getting you at tournaments and this, that, and the other. And Made a like, Final Four. Yeah, you could tell how important it was to him that day. And I was younger. I didn't know. But, like, looking back on it now, you're like, yeah, no. Izzo knew it. He was like, hey, like, this is bullshit. You should not have to go to a Final Four every, like, three years to keep your job. That is insanely hard right. to do. Like, we have lost perspective. And it's like, yeah, it's important to keep that. It's like it's like Texas. Everyone makes fun of yeah, Rick Barnes right. there. They're like, fire Rick Barnes. I'm like, Rick has gone to the tournament every <laughs> single year. All he what ever are, does. What are you talking about? You know, so they fire him. They hire the shiniest, right, most yeah. expensive, brightest coach I know. on I mean, the market right. and shock it into anything there Look in seven years. Now. What What were we talking about? And I know that maybe this falls apart and all this is for naught, but I mean, Michigan just brought back Jim Harbaugh and could have fired him. Sure. And gone and chased Matt Campbell. Sure. How do you think about Matt Campbell right now? I don't think right. there's too many people calling me saying I got to get Matt Campbell. I mean, it's coaching changes should be the last thing on your agenda. Like it should be burn it down first and right. then change the coach, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got on this. We're talking about it anymore, but all yeah. right. Uh, you got anything else? No, I think we're good. Next two weeks will be fun. If this. Uh... If this actually happens get, with the two undefeated teams, Nick and I, we're going to try to figure out something special to do, yeah, we'll that, to do something. that weekend. Uh, but we'll we'll more on that in the coming weeks. First, well, we things, to, first, these two teams not need to not screw this up. Well, they can't screw it up. But also, uh, Mike's got to title this thing uh, the same title that we right. had the last like three weeks or whatever. Yeah, Mich- what was it like? Michigan and Michigan State are four and zero. Let's discuss five and zero. Let's discuss six. So let's break it down. I can't wait to hear his verbiage. We're keep, we're keeping our playoff beards going here, folks. And, uh, <laughs> see, if, see if we can get this thing to 7-0 or uh, 7-0, 7-0. So we'll see what happens. Quick shout out to, uh, I played a golf course up in Grand Rapids that I had never heard of until oh, wow. playing there uh, yesterday. The Mines, it's called. I'm wearing the sweatshirt, cool. you'll see. Oh, I see. Uh, it's only built in 2005. Hey, any place that has its own club. Underrated! Unbelievably yeah. underrated. It's like 30, 35 bucks. If you're in the Grand Rapids area oh, shit. and you wow. have not played there, it is a fantastic it is one of the best courses in the state for its value. Like it's a That's very good cheap. course, but when you factor in the price, it's unbelievable. So wow. uh me and the three guys I played with, 
had a great time. I shot a personal best 77 of the season, but <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we so don't need much. to get into that, I guess. <laughs> of the season. But, um, yeah. Good to so, see where you're on the leaderboard there for the full, season. Full, <laughs> full endorsement uh, for, uh, what the hell is it called again? The Mines. The Mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great course. Grand great Rapids. Course. So get out there if you're up there in that, that mid-Michigan area and get, get a round in before the weather makes it impossible. So West Michigan. West Michigan, whatever. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> eventually, I'll learn where the hell this is. Not even is. close. You know what? You know, you know where it is. It's wherever Google Maps says it is. That's where. There, it yeah, is. right. Just put so, it in your phone. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those kind reviews. If you didn't leave a review and you want to, get nuts. You know, this is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's no limit. You got something to say? You say it. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. <laughs>